Welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar. If you're eager to gain clarity, speak with unwavering confidence, and liberate those inner voices, you're in the perfect spot. My mission here is to empower you to break free, find fulfillment, and ignite your passion. You ready? It's time to say it out loud. I've put together a guide of my top 10 tested and proven to work practical strategies and habits to help bright women like you say no, set your boundaries right, live confidently, and build healthy relationships, starting with the relationship you have with yourself. This is a self-paced guide, and I can't wait for you to dig into it so you can start becoming your most confident self because she's in there waiting for you. Head to the link in my show notes or go to vasavikumar.com forward slash guide and grab it today. Welcome back to another episode of the Say It Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar. I am so happy to be here with Tony Jones. Definitely stalked you, Tony. Not going to lie. I have no shame in admitting that. Tony is an affirmation music artist. That's just the one title that we're going to run with today. But there are so many different layers and dimensions to you, Tony. And I just want to say, like, when I first, my client, Alex, actually shared your Spotify playlist with me. And um, she's inside my Say It Out Loud group. And then I had taken a bath, like a beautiful bubble bath. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take an edible. I'm going to chill out. I want to listen to Tony Jones. It was my first time ever hearing you. And I remember, I forgot which song it was. I think it was like Inner, it was something. It was like Inner something. It, it was, I, I forgot the title. Inner Breakfast? Yes, it, it was Inner Breakfast. That's what it was. And I was like, ooh, anything that has the word inner in it. And I was like, oh, this is really good. Oh, my nervous system feels really like calm listening to her. And I'm like, I need to have her on the podcast. And so here we are. I just want to say thank you. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Thanks for being here today. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm well. I'm well. I would love my audience to first just get a glimpse and understanding of who you are today and how you got here. And then I want to get into the things that are on your heart and the things that you want to talk about today on the podcast. So yeah, let us, let, let us know who's the woman that is Tony Jones today. Um, I'm still figuring her out. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Aren't I'm, we still, all- <laughs> I'm like, I'm at a point in my life, the season I'm in right now is I'm rediscovering what I like about life, mm-hmm. why I like being here, um, what lights me up. I feel like I've been here a thousand years and I feel like I just got here mm-hmm. all at the same time. So it's been a journey. My academic background was in psychology. I'm a neuroscience, human behavior nerd. And um, that's what led me to start my coaching business and well-being back in 2014. And I did life coaching for about six years And around in 2018, I just did not feel like the message that I was spearheading was, um, I won't say popular, but it just wasn't landing, Mm -hmm. you know, with my clients. Like they were fans of the message, but they were just like, Tony, we got kids, we got businesses, we got employees, we got to figure out what insurance plans to, you know, it was just. People had things to do. Well-being and mental health was not a part of our conversation and on our timelines in 2018. And so um, through prayer and meditation, I said, God, you got to give me something. I'm going to give up on this message, you know. 
And uh, through prayer meditation, I got the idea affirmation music. And I'll never forget the next day as I, I Googled affirmation music and no one had coined that phrase. I was like, I get to do this mm. like me. And so I still wanted to see who someone has to have done this before. So some of the artists that I was finding, you know, had general affirmations, you know, um, that were more on the new age scene, you know, just calming music. And then um, Abraham Hicks, who's my favorite. Yeah. You know, she's my like she's like one of my godmothers, like in my head. Right. And I'm like, but this is not mainstream. And, you know, people from the hood ain't going to bump this, you know. Mm -hmm. And then it was people that were in the hip hop space or spoken word space that were doing affirmations. But the production and the sonics wasn't hitting the way. I would imagine it to hit if I created it. So I was like, so I have to do this Mm -hmm. because it just, it just, it was the first time I ever created something without doubt. I was just like, this has to happen. So I went to LA for a month to write affirmations for the grown ass woman. I took all my journals, all my books and notes from retreats I've gone to programs I've been a part of. And I wrote nine songs for that album to represent the nine months it takes a woman to create a, you know, create a child in her womb. Cause I wanted women to, as soon as they push play, there was no, it's no returning, like going back. They can't return. Like immediately when they push play on that album, the woman of their dreams starts to grow, starts to come to life. That's what I wanted. That was my intention for my clients, but I never intended to be like performing the music, becoming a musician, I was still gun haul about being a life coach and this helping my life coach business. So 2019, as soon as I, during Women's History Month, I launched that album. And literally two weeks later, I lost, I lost my dream job. Like just everything was just like crumbling. Everything that I have built in, within that seven year time frame was come crumbling right before my eyes. I went months just not being able to get dressed, without brushing my teeth like it was just like everything was heavy because I'm like how is this happening but at the same time my album people were sharing it like crazy so I was just like what is happening so in 2020 is when I decide um decided to become a full-time musician in the end of 2019 I decided to you know get out of the house that I was living in, get rid of all my belongings, move back in with my family. And I said, you know what? I'm going to grieve my identity of being this overly independent woman and stay with my parents until I feel like I found my own rhythm of being in ease while being productive. And I've been with my family since. So that's another staple thing that I advocate for. Whatever cards of support, that you have on in your life, play those cards, whether it's a grandmother, an aunt, an uncle, parents, like in these economic times, look at what card, the deck of cards you have to leverage yourself to be well and go after your dreams. So that's kind of a synopsis of what my journey has been. There's so many more juicy details, so many more, so much more drama and thrills and horror of how I even got to this point and how I even got to affirmation music but that's kind of a like a short synopsis of 
2018 all the way up to now. Well, I think it's a beautiful synopsis because, you know, we, I, I think it's fair to say we all have our shit. We all have the stuff, all the, all the, all the messy stuff, but I, you know, and, and if people want to learn that, that you're, you're on tons of different podcasts. I specifically, I believe that whatever you chose to share today is exactly what was meant to be shared today. There are a few mm-hmm. things that I wrote down. I just like, we are such kindred spirits, Tony. I just want, I want my audience to hear this as well. Cause I have a very intimate relationship with them. Today is November 1st. And I actually sent out an email to my email list said, you know, as of now, like I'm not bringing on any more private one-on-one coaching clients. I have a few, I have my groups, but I shared in my email, you know, I want to practice what I preach. I'm constantly telling people to pursue their dreams, go after what you want. Or I was like, but there is an artist inside of me that is ready to come out. And for me, that's in the form of voiceover work. I love doing audiobook narration. I could just be in my closet and just narrate and I'm by myself. And I am so happy. And I'm like, I got to give this the attention that it deserves. So I would love to just ask you here, just that that transition period in your life, because I uh, many of people in my audience, people that come to me, they're in a job, they want to transition, or they're running their business, they're coaches, and they have an artist inside of them that they want to kindle. What's the permission slip that you needed to give yourself? Like, what did you actually need to say? Because we're saying it out loud here, like, what's the voice in your head that you needed to listen to, to talk yourself into this transition? Because I think so often, we're so good at talking ourselves out of the shit that we want to be doing. What did you say to yourself to talk yourself into this next phase of your life? You know, you went from coaching to then really kindling that rekindling or, or, or stoking that flame inside of you, that artist flame. What did you tell yourself? Well, the, the, the initial, the initial yes came from just how it hit me like a bolt of lightning. There is, and I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but in my human design, yeah. my, my power is in when it's a full essence yes are you a generator i am a pure generator me too me too yeah no i mean that it's real like that is real it's it's real prioritizing our excitement needs to be a thing it needs it's it's a yeah that's for that's that's what i realized so when it hits me that way it's like i have to do it like there's i actually it's so big that i don't have room for doubt it's like because it's it's oozing out of me, you know? And so it doesn't leave any room to doubt it. So that was my initial yes, but saying yes to becoming a full-time musician. Have you ever heard of that phrase, let go or be dragged? Yes. So my yes came from being dragged. Mm. (laughs) It came from being dragged. A lot of times when I don't, I've, I've had attachment issues to, things that brought me a sense of security, stability, and consistency, right? So I never, I have, it, my history is that I haven't had the best relationship with change. My coping skills wasn't really solid in that with change, right? Because I associated change with like destruction, like something that's devastating, I'll be destroyed. That psychologically, that's how I interpret it. I didn't see that it was like opportunity for growth and evolution and expansion and possibilities. And so, um, but I'm shifting, I'm learning that that's, that's the truth. Right. And so uh, I I would love to give a more eloquent answer about like, Oh, I just meditated or I fasted or I just believed in myself, but really it came from not letting go. When I did not let go, 
I just got dragged. Like everything that I tried to hold on to was just slipping through my hands. And so for me, I, I try and tell people, listen, let go or be dragged. Really, it's just like if you are transitioning from one industry to another industry, whether it takes you a year, five months, two weeks, two years, the journey, is it, the process is up to you, you know? And so for me, I encourage people to just start saying, be, just open up your willingness and your curiosity to make it a little bit more soothing on your nervous system in that shift, you know? But don't resist it. Try your best not to resist it because if you try and hold on to what you know has to be let go, you know that job, you know that career, you know that, well, even if you're an entrepreneur, you know that you're not, as you said, the one-on-one coaching, it's not true for you anymore. My coaching business was not lighting me up. It was not lighting me up. And I got a taste of passive income with the music. And I was like, Hmm. I like this passive income situation. Maybe I need to explore that, like having multiple streams of income that way. Maybe that's more aligned with my nature, you know, than exchanging time for money. And so, um, so essentially, you know, it was just, it, it was, I was being dragged by the energy and the forces that was saying, this is who you are. Accept it, Tony. This is who you are. Accept it, Tony. So anybody, any of your listeners that listen to this, whatever that whisper is, they're saying you are not happy in this. You feel complete in this. It's time to let go because it's very soft, but it's consistent. It's not going to nag you in a loud way but it's quiet and it's consistent and then does not, it's not satisfied until you honor it. Let's take a quick break. Having been in therapy since the age of 12, I know firsthand just how powerful the process of finding the right therapist is. Going to therapy and talking things out with my therapist has made me happier, clearer, and most importantly, I have a plan for my mental health. I have tools to be able to communicate with others and also the tools to cope when life gets hard, which it does. So let me ask you a question. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, Therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with the therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with the therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really fit with that therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stress 
stressing out about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. I don't know where I would be without the help of therapy and my therapist, but I do know that life would feel that much harder. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this podcast. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly thinking to myself, is this episode for me? This is for me. This conversation is for me. No, I'm, I am, uh, you know, that email that I sent out yesterday, I was talking about it with my therapist, even therapists need therapists, you know, myself. And I said to my therapist, I'm burned out. I said, I've been doing this for 11 years, for 11 years. I've been, let me help you. Let me help you achieve your dreams. And I was like, but what about me? That's been my thing. But what about Vasavi, right? And I can't, um, I, I'm being dragged right now. And I love it because it's just like, all right, we're going to do it. You know, and and I feel like we're given opportunities. We're given a taste. You know, you said you had a taste of the passive income. I got booked for my first audiobook narration project. And I was like, shit, I could do this all the time. I could just sit in my closet. I, I'm inside my winter closet with all my sweaters. And I'm like, I could do this. And there is that feeling of like, yes, this has been my bread and butter. This is my, I know how to do the coaching. I know how to market myself with this, but this is like, how do I do it as a, as a voiceover artist? What am I creating as a voice? And it's beautiful. So I just really appreciate you sharing the, the I'm glad that you're not eloquent because I think people just want the step-by-step thing and it's not a step-by-step thing. It is literally <laughs> like I'm feeling it and I'm not resisting it. And I'm just going with it. And I appreciate you also sharing about receiving the support, right? I used to feel guilty because, um, you know, growing up in the Indian culture, our parents help us out. You know, that's just, you know, they they help us out. And I used to feel like, no, I got to do it by myself. You know, it's not worth it if I don't do it by myself. And my mom said to me, she goes, you know, people would die to have the support that you have. How about just try being grateful? And that's when I just stopped resisting it, you know, just like that my parents were there for me in the past. You know what I mean? Like they've helped me out. There's no shame in that. So I just love that you're open about where you're at right now in your life. And and thank you for just sharing what this, it's truly the artist's journey, what you're going through, right? You went from this, helping other people, coaching other people to now you, you're like a life coach to yourself right now. You know, you're coaching yourself through this process. I know one of the things that you really wanted to Uh, get into is really our responsibility and the energy of artistry and the energy of creativity. Um, I know we, we were talking about this before we hit record about how, you know, one of the Migos um, sadly and unfortunately was shot. And um, you, that was something that's on your mind today. And I'd love to get into that with you, just what that sparked inside of you as far as how we as artists, and it's just so weird even calling myself an artist that's like a that's like a new thing for me right now but me I too like me too is. really yes to call me yourself a, okay great awesome we're in it together it's new for me too I've only been doing this like I just started performing full-time last year wait so okay everyone listen it's only been a year it's only been a year but it's also been a year right like you've done a lot in the past year You've done a yeah. lot, put out a lot of music in the past year. Um, yeah. And, and I, I'm going to put your playlist and, and how everyone can find you in the show notes. But I, I want to circle back to, you know, your thoughts on how you yeah. look at your responsibility, the metaphysical responsibility as well that you have as an artist. What's coming up for you? Well, in the artist's journey, first of all, if I, I did not know what I was embarking on when I created my album. I thought I was doing something I had a talent in. I discovered this talent. 
And I knew I had a, a, a amazing relationship with words. And so I just did what I knew to do to create, right? But I had no idea that it was like an act of war. Mm. When you get into the music space, when you start to go into the arts of any kind to express yourself, whether it's cooking, culinary, vo voiceovers, as you put it, you know, voice acting, whatever the case, painting, writing, whatever it is, whatever arts, you are taking, you are really a spiritual channel. Oh. Because you are, you are, you are taking emotions and thoughts and feelings and channeling them through this medium art. Whatever you feeling, you make make the words come alive. Whatever you imagine, you bring it out into the world. So it's spiritual activity that you're involved in, and so the more you're in this journey, the more, the more spiritual activity happens within you. So all your demons are gonna come up, mm -hmm. all of them, not one will be missed. All your, your bigness will come up, your divinity will come up and it'll challenge you to, to, to decide, are you going to own this type of confidence that you've never known and mm -hmm. seen in your family? Like the, this is the artist's journey. So why am I saying this? Is because anybody, and my, from my vantage point of understanding and perspective, anybody who's in music, anybody who's in arts, especially mainstream, they are aware of the metaphysical and spiritual energetic responsibility of what they create in the world. They have to be, because I know what my journey has been. And, and, and if, even if I wasn't doing healing music, what if I was just doing R&B music? There is something that happens when you start to influence the masses energy with your words with your intention with your emotions with your expression music has a medicinal legacy and so when i think of rap and hip-hop and r&b because of my background in psychology because of my spiritual convictions and literacy i can't separate the artist from the art mm -hmm. i'm like when I hear certain music, I'm like, oh, this encourages codependent relationships. Yes. That's what I hear. Yes. You yes. know what I'm saying? It's like when I hear certain songs, I'm like, hey, it's a bop. It's a bop. But I'm like, man, they're telling us to kill each other. And they're telling us to objectify women and to emotionally rape women. You know what I'm saying? It's just yes. all of these themes that when you have it on repeat for generations, for decades, that puts a culture and a people in an energetic gridlock to experience, to, to, to identify with trauma, toxic relationships, tolerate this, the most violent conversations around about each other. So all of this came up for me, not just with, the take off getting shot, but even the other, like Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, the list can go on. Tupac. It's just a. Re, it's 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 to the point where it's not sad that they're dead 
and their life is gone. It's sad that we don't see the connection of the music that influences our people that are impoverished environments that create violent type of outcomes. You see what I'm saying? So it's like we paint, this music is painting our culture with the lowest vibrations. And the people that are buying this music, the people that are listening to this music are most vulnerable economically, spiritually, academically, physically, nutrition. They're living in de uh, food deserts. So they're in survival mode. So yeah, they may shoot somebody at a dice game. They may shoot somebody for a chain, but we can't, we have to understand that there is a responsibility to the art that you create and the people that, that listen to it. I love that you said you cannot separate the artist and their art creation. In Hinduism, we have a, um, our, our, you know, one of our swamis used to say the creator and creation are one and the same because there's a Sanskrit saying that says Tattvamasi, which means I am that, right? So our guru, G, uh, our guru that we used to, you know, um, learn from always used to say the spider and the web are one and the same. The, the web comes from the spider. And I love that you said that because like there is such a responsibility when you open your mouth and, and if you, when you have that kind of influence and even before you get to that place of influence, everything that you're saying like I don't want to say certain words because of how it makes me feel so I think it's a, it's sad when an artist is just saying stuff whether to just sell records or for that shock value and then not realizing oh shit the impact of my words yes it, it's making me money it's selling records but it comes back to bite you in the ass and I think it's pretty fair to say even in this situation would take off and me goes whatever he was saying and, and we don't want to look at that, but there is a responsibility of the artist. The words that you're putting out there will come back and bite you in the ass in some shape or form. Yeah. And it's like, it feels say, harsh saying that, by the way, I it's, it's, I, it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel, it does not feel good to say these type of things, Yeah, but it's something, it's a provocative conversation and I'm open to expand my perspective and opinion about it. I just want to, uh, the, I would like us to have more conversation in the hip hop culture about this. You don't have to be rapping. There's so many like LA, there's a guy named L.A. Russell out, you know, there's a guy named Landria out that they put out positive music, but they have a way to still be true to the culture. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's called creativity, you know. And so to me, it's, it's a harsh reality, you know, because it just seems insensitive to the life that was here and that life that is gone. But it's also opportunity to a teachable moment, you know, for us to take responsibility for the art that we create. We have, even if you're not talking about murdering people, when you're talking about taking Percocets and disrespecting women, that energy is violent and you're putting it out there, you know, and to the most vulnerable communities, you know, that, re that look like you. But that's the thing, you know, when, when we really work on our own energy, and, and, and how we, and we raise an energetic vibration within a certain music, like, okay, I love, I, I used to love the song Mask Off by Future. 
Okay. I love that song, Take Your Man. But it's like, he keeps saying Molly Percocet. And I'm like, I didn't like the way it felt because I used to have an addiction issue. I went to rehab twice, right? So like back then it was cool to listen to that song. It was like part of the vibe. And when I got sober and I'm now going to be four years sober in March from cocaine, when I hear songs that I used to vibe to and jam to back in the day, I just can't do it anymore. I, because I'm listening to the words like, or I can't feel my face anymore. What was it? The weekend. I used to love that song. I can't listen to certain songs because it brings me back to a time in my life where I didn't like who I was. You know what I mean? So, so, but that's why the music or whatever we put out there, I always think to myself, how is this going to actually improve your life? Right. It, whatever I put out there. And I want to ask you about your creative process. If you're willing to share when you sit down to write your album of songs or just one song at a time, you know, what's the question that you ask yourself before you hit pen to paper or, or before you hit record? Like, what do you, how, how do you train your insides to then really be mindful and intentional of what you're saying? What's well, with problem? the first, with the first album mm -hmm. affirmations for the grown ass woman, I, my main thought was, what do women need to hear? Mm. I love that simple question because you wanted to, you were on your own journey and you, uh, what, what do women need to hear? Okay, great. Love it. Simple question. What yeah. do they need to hear? And then the, the clarity came from me being a coach. What were the conversations that were had the most in my coaching sessions at my events with my friends, with the women in my community. And those nine songs were the answer to what women, I thought women needed to hear based on my experience with women. The other albums were about what did I need to hear? Yeah. How do I need to, how do I need to talk to myself? So the rest of, because after that first album, I got really radically selfish. I said, because majority of my life, especially adult life, but majority of my life, my identity was wrapped around being valuable to other people because I knew how to be valuable to other people. Mm -hmm. And because of what happened to me in 2019, I had to let go of that identity of knowing what people expect of me, my mentees, my mentors, my clients, my friends, my social circles. I mean, it was about 70 people that always had direct access to me, mm -hmm. you know, before 2020 before the end of 2019 and that ended, you know? And so 2020, I had to rediscover who am I if I was my only client? Like, what if there was no world problems? There were no world issues, money wasn't a thing. And what, what the type of music would I create for me? Like if I was my only person to save in the world and all my albums, after the first album was that. So my creative process is always what I listen to this. Is this true for me to say to myself? Like, would I listen to this? You know, I'd rarely think about it. it Maybe I may think probably like out of 100 percent of what I put into my music, I may think about people 5 percent of that process. Wow. And 95 percent is about me. You, oh, wow. Okay. So even I sometimes just can't, don't have anything to say out loud. I'm processing everything <laughs> you're saying. So everyone give me a moment. I've got, you're saying, you're saying, okay. So this is so beautiful. The Tony, what you said, 
about being valuable. Like, you know how to be valuable to people. You know, I, I just want everyone listening to hear this conversation like you're in this conversation with us because I know many of y'all might want to be transitioning. Maybe you're scared to make that move. Who am I if I'm not valuable? I know how to help people. I'm, I mean, I have, I have at least 20 people who have access to me right now, if not more. And I'm thinking about to myself immediately, like if no one had access to me and I was my only client, what would I be creating? What would I be saying? What would I be doing? And the thing that is um, that in this season in my life, and please share on this with you, like when you went from, you know, whatever what happened in 2019 with you and, you know, here you have, you have this great, it's such polarity, right? You have this album that's being shared left and right, but then your whole world is crumbling down and you're living with your parents. There's nothing wrong with that, loving, living with your family, but there's such a polarity there, you know, like yeah. one essay, by the way, I shared this on a few episodes, a few episodes ago, if y'all are watching the video, my magazine cover came out in May for Austin Woman. The same when I turned 40 in May, I also had negative $300 in my bank account the same month. And that's polarity right there, right? Here I am. I got a 10-page spread inside this magazine. I'm on the cover of this magazine. And my, and my bank account went to the negative. And I just recently started sharing this because I have enough distance from this event to be like, what was really going on here? And that polarity for me, like cover girl, negative bank account, what the fuck is going on, boss? Like, what is, what is that about? There was a lot of shame that I needed to heal around money. There was a lot of shame that I needed to heal around, oh, my worth is tied to how much money I have in my bank account. And God was literally like, hey, you want to work on this part of your life that you've been ignoring all these years? Let's do it now. Let's do it now. You know, how, how was it for you during that time in your life where well, your life felt, it, it, I mean, for, uh, outside looking in, there was such polarity in your life because I think that's the thing. We want it to just be fluid and, and, and just be so easy and not have to deal with it. But I always say new level, new devil, right? So here you are, your album, your play, your, now everything is being shared. You're getting more people, more eyeballs on you, more ears to your music. But then you have this other area of your life where it's not as thriving. What did you do to keep that faith within yourself? Like, what? How did you? How did you handle that process? Um, it was it was horrible. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, it, it was, was it's horrible. It was horrible. I had to, I was on unemployment. I never imagined me going back to my parents' house because I did not want to bring up things. I didn't want to get triggered triggered by my parents' dynamics. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to. I just. I. It was just. I had to get rid of so many things I was proud of, like my couch, you know, it was just a couch that I loved. Even though, I, you know, my sister bought it, it was still like, I have to say goodbye to my independence that I was so proud of achieving. Um, but it was, it was my pride and dignity had just been sent to, sh just to shambles, you know, it and I started reading this book. Do I have it? Oh, it's not, I think I put it up. I started reading this book in 2020 called The Energy of Money. Oh, yeah. And that, and that took about a year and a half for me to read because it was just some things that it brought up that was hard for me to see about myself. Like what? And, Do you mind sharing? Huh? Do you mind sharing? No, I don't mind sharing. Um, just the illiteracy. And that my spending habits and my relationship with money had to do with my sense of worth, you know, and that I don't know if I can fix that or not. 
you know, like nobody, no woman in my family are financially sound, you know, um, I won't say financially sound, but it's it's just always survival, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and I was just like, but yet I create music about financial abundance because this is the, the reflection of where I see myself, how I want to see myself, but where my how my life looks financially looks so degrading and so counter, you know, and so for me. It was very humbling. I had to actually ask people for help. My friends were paying my bills in 2019 and 2020. And, you know, and they were my white friends, you know, I had to ask my white friends like, and they're like, of course, we're privileged. Please take advantage of us, you know, because those are the type of white friends I have, you know, they, they get, they get them, they get the racial matrix, right? So, and I paid them back when I could pay them back, you know, but it taught my brain that I'm worthy of asking for help financially and that I'm worthy of receiving that. Mm -hmm. Like I create that space because the anxiety, the shame, the guilt around being on unemployment and having this beautiful social media page and having this brand and all of these things, it just felt like that imposter syndrome type thing. Yeah. And so for me, it when I asked for help and I received that help and got a solution to my problem, I was like, wait a minute. I don't have to have an inner tantrum. I have solutions to my problems. I have people that want to help me. I am the one that's causing all of this internal violence around money and me. Like money comes and goes. This is going to be upset. Whether I'm great at managing money or not, money is supposed to go in and out. There's there's billionaires that go that file bankruptcy. Like this is this is the nature of money. You know? And so for me, it was a paradigm shift on how I viewed money because I was like, it can come and go, but at the end of the day, I have to maintain my peace and know that all my financial problems, every last one of them have financial solutions, even if it boils down to me asking for help. Which is usually the solution that most people don't, they try to avoid that at all costs. And I think you sharing your story about that really just shows, yeah, sometimes, you know, I, I remember when I had to go to rehab the second time and, you know, being a someone who's been through 12 steps, AA, you know, the first step is to admit that we are powerless. I fucking hate admitting that I'm powerless. First time I went to rehab, I refused to admit that I was powerless. That's why I relapsed seven months later. Second time I went, I admitted that I was powerless. And that's when my life really changed. When I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing because clearly I'm back in rehab. What am I doing? I don't know, you know? And I really just appreciate you sharing that story because I think when it comes to money, people just have like this, oh my God, I can't ask. It's like the worst. Like I would rather die than I'd rather starve than ask for help. And so just thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. and letting mm-hmm. people know that it's okay. Mm-hmm. You have, I just have to say that you have such a way with your words. You already, know, you already know this, you know, is there ever a time for you where I had a client say this, like, she's worried that her creativity will let like, go away, you know, like, Oh, I wrote this really great. You know, have you ever had that? Like, you know, you, you, you wrote this album. It was awesome. I like, do you give your creativity a rest before you get back up? 
You know what I mean? Like, do you take mo do you take periods of rest in between one creation being completed and another? Like, what's that? Because your, your words are just, I was listening to you, Tony, and I'm like, I was like, she literally handpicked every word. It's like every word is intentional that you use. And I can feel it because when I listen to your music, it's just like a steady, it's like a steady feeling that I have. It's like, it's like a salve to my soul, you know? So, yeah, no, it's beautiful. I was, uh, I have my little ritual. When I come out of the shower, I, I lay on, under the fan for five minutes so I can completely dry off. I put my lotion on. And then I was listening to you while I was doing that. And I'm like, I feel so good right now. I feel like I could do anything. I could be anybody, you know? So it's like, what do you do to like keep that, keep like whatever gift that you have, the, the gift of words and be able to mix that with music and, you know, being able to speak to that soul. Like, what do you do to nurture that within you? How do you nurture that, that gift within yourself? It's, 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 it's um, does that make sense? That question? Like, no, it makes, it makes sense. I, I don't like intentionally take breaks, but it all depends on where I'm at with my mental health. Mm. One of the biggest things that I have found in my mental health journey is um, trusting my intuition on who's who, who to have around in my intimate circle, who needs to be five circles out, who needs to be friend associates. I've, I really prioritize a lot of chemistry with people as though like that's the priority, the chemistry, the connection, right? And really, I can connect with anybody. Mm -hmm. I've accepted that this year, that I can connect with anybody. And a lot of times I may be projecting that onto some on, onto somebody when they're really not connecting with me. You know, they just kind of want to take my light, if you will. Or, um, or, or because you maybe have the ability and also your background, you, we're, I say this, like we're really good at seeing the best in people. But that, see, yes. but that doesn't mean that that's reality. That's why I've always dated potential. I'm like, I can the potential, but it's like, no, bitch, that's not who he is right now. He's a functioning alcoholic. Oh, but he could be. So I've had to, I, I am, yeah. I am on a, uh, I am very single and I'm loving it right now. I'm loving it too. I told my mom the other day, too. my mom, my, I told my mom, I go, no one deserves to sleep next to me. No one deserves to sleep next to me. Yeah. That's why I, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I told somebody the other day, I was like, I can't imagine a penis going inside of me. Like he would have to be half alien or half. I can't. Cause I feel like men have been plagued with the patriarchy. They would have to do a lot of unlearning, a lot of killing work to even be in the courts of intimacy with me. Cause I don't desire it. I'm not attracted to that anymore. You would have to really be, you would have to, I don't know. That's just the season I'm in right now. And I've never been here in my entire life. And it feels very liberating to be free from desiring men. Like, I feel like I've, I've, a spell has been broken. You know, all I all I want to do is live a, a big life. But I digress. The, what I want to finish that, that complete my thought with what you were saying about taking breaks. Mm -hmm. So with my mental health journey, it's all based off that. Creativity is like, for me, as long as I'm okay Everything. and well, and I'm l like enjoying my own company when no one's watching, my creativity is like oxygen. It's yeah. just, it's just here. It's not, it never ends. Mm -hmm. Like I just put me in the room and I can create anything. Mm 
I can make albums within a week. Like it's not like it's nothing. It's I have a billion songs in me. I have a billion ideas in me. Like any wealthy person would be smart to fund whatever I'm doing because I'm that I'm, it's not even confidence. It's, it's who I am. Yes. It's, it's, I have that muscle. I have that. I think we all do. It's about just exercising it to trust like, Oh, I am a creative being. I'm a creative entity. This is my very, this is my essence, you know? So um, I only take breaks if I'm in a mental health crisis or if I'm going through some mental health challenges. And, and I brought up people because a lot of times it, it comes, it's, it's, it's triggered by my relationships with people that are closest to me, you know? So as long as I'm okay, the creativity flows. But when I need to take breaks, it's, it's because I'm going through some stuff and I got to get back to my home within and I love that you honor that because it's so easy to be like, oh, I don't need to worry about this. Oh, it's not a big deal. We dismiss and we invalidate ourselves. And then we wonder like, oh, I'm, you know, where, where did my creativity go? It's like, it didn't go anywhere. You just got to tend to yourself right now. You know what I mean? The creativity is there ready to be ready to flow. But if you're not right with it, and I love that you said, enjoying your own company. I say this to all my clients and I say to them, I'm like, you like, whether you're single or not, but a lot of my clients are single, you know, and they're not married or they have kids. And it's like, you literally get to do what you want. You get to develop an amazing relationship with yourself. And when you're good with you, everything follows from there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear from you, Tony. I know we've talked, we've talked a lot today and I love when our conversations, I love when my conversations, you know, they're not, they, we, we touch on many different things. Cause I, you know, we talked about creativity. We talked about your, your inner circle and how, and I love that you said that because it's like, you know, we don't, we, we think that having that one annoying friend around is uh, it's okay. It's no big deal. I got to handle, but that shit eats away at you. So okay. have you, have you had to set some, you know, pretty strong boundaries in the past few years with yourself and with other people? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> I giggle as a yes. Well, what's interesting is I, I, my last album I produced with my manager, my producer, and he was my DJ. He was the one that encouraged me to start performing. Mm -hmm. And um, that situation, I didn't know how bad it was till I got out of it this year. And it nearly destroyed me. Like, for real. And I'm re in recovery right now from it. And I'm in awe of how I keep just getting better no matter what comes to me. So I didn't say with that dynamic, cause I was in love too. With that dynamic, I didn't set not one boundary. I didn't want to. I know. I didn't want to. I was just like, you just got complete access because you are, it's something about when you experience, well, I won't say when you experience, but when you have certain childhood dynamics that you're missing out on, like with connection, when somebody comes along and gives you that pal, that, that, that ally, that life ally, like we're doing life together, it's just like, you're my friend. You know what I'm saying? It's like that Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street. It's mm -hmm. like we're to get like Miss Piggy and, and Kermit the Frog. Like and it's we're so in it, 
it's so familiar. It's painfully familiar, but it's also it's, comforting. That's the mind. It's, it's painfully familiar. I didn't know how much I was replaying certain family dynamics. I grew up around with that dynamic. So I, I was t- terrifyingly trying, like, I felt like I was always in terror and anxiety with that dynamic because it's just like, how am I not practicing what I know to practice in this dynamic? Something's not right. And it wasn't until I got out of it to see what that, how toxic and uh, the dynamic that I was in. There was a lot of codependency and narcissism and trauma going with that situation. And and I mean, till this day, it's certain things I think of and I'm like, I can't believe I allowed that. Mm. Like, it makes me want to care for myself that much more because I'm like, that felt like home to me. Who was like that in my home? And when I realized who was like that in my home, I was shocked because it was the first time I ever realized I was dating a certain, I was dating a relative in my family over and over again over and over again. And once I realized who it was, I was able to get to the roots of it. So now I don't, I won't say I don't desire closeness or intimacy, but it's something I'm very uh, satisfied with my own presence. I'm very, I don't feel like I need everybody Mm -hmm. as much as I did before. And the community and village that I have, the connections that I have, it's so more than enough, you know? And so when it comes to setting boundaries with that dynamic that I had, I had to completely cut ties in every way. I had to completely cut ties. And it, it was something I cannot ever describe, but I've heard people... I've heard people describe that type of pain before. So I know I'm not the only one who have experienced that. But letting something go that feels like it's entangled to your very like cellular, <laughs> you know, design was very painful. And because I not only had to cut ties with him, but I had to cut ties with the version of me that was used to this type of pattern and dynamic since I was, you know, a fetus you know what I'm saying like and so it it took a lot of things that I identified as me and now that has been gone it's been a huge void where you do feel alone you do feel emptiness but opportunity and potential to create and discover and wander and explore who you are without those identities that you had to let go it's been ter- it's been t- like terrifying terrifying but very liberating it's it's that polarity as you speak of it's just been like I'm in awe that my even even now my nervous system is like finding a calibration of like having space for both realities of when I'm sad or when I miss that version of me or I have memories and flashbacks of that type of connection because I I don't want those anymore but it's a part of me that still kind of misses it. And that's okay. I, yes. I, I was talking to a client the other day and he was saying he was so mad at his ex, but he missed him. And I go, you know, you can hold space for both. You can be pissed, but you can also deeply miss someone. You know, we can, but ultimately you got to do 
it's that version of ourselves that we miss. And I, I was, I, 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 I'm honestly just, I'm going through this. So I completely understand this. It's like, it's painful and it's scary, but in that void, it's like, I love that spaciousness. It's also a relief, you know, it's, it's like, such it's, a, a relief. it's such a relief. And, you know, for me, when I, when I was like, I'm replaying something from childhood, I remember saying to the guy that I was with, I said, I love you. And he didn't say anything. I go, do you love me back? And I asked him and he went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I used to do that with a relative of mine, you know, with a, with a, do you love me? I like having to ask, do you love me? Cause I would say, I love you. And you don't respond back. And there is, I cry for that part of me that, you know, that's like a four-year-old me. That's a four or five-year-old me that would ask that. Do you love me? I used to ask when I was a kid, if I died, would you cry? And my therapist goes, you know that that's dysfunctional, right? That was normal for me. It was normal for me to ask that question. If I died, would you cry? I would ask that to my relatives, specific relatives growing up. And then in this relationship, it's the same type of energy. Do you love me? It's like uncertainty. How do you feel mm -hmm. about me? And I should not have to wonder how you feel about me because I should I'm, not so, have to wonder. I'm so explicit about how I feel about you. I never want anyone to wonder how they how feel. How they feel. Like, and yeah. that's love. That's love. So it's like now with boundaries with people, it's like I pay attention to exactly what my 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 technology tells me, my inner technology. I'm like, if these people don't feel safe, if these people, if I feel something, if if I feel like, and this is how I put it, it's like, okay, door number one, what's behind door number one? Okay, I can see that. What's behind door number two? I can see that too. And if it's something I can't see behind door number three, I don't wait to get evidence. I don't wait to that door open for me to say, oh, I can't have you close to me. If I feel that energy of something that's not in my best interest, I know how to place people now. I'm more loyal to my intuition. So I set boundaries on based on the way that I'm signaled that, and I don't, I don't question it no more. It's just like, yeah, this doesn't feel good to me. So, but I like you and you're cool, you know, so you can stay associate, but I'm not going to fantasize you being a soulmate or a soul sister or an ally to be in my inner circle. Like I need to learn who you actually are, you know? And so I'm, I'm proud of that, that I'm in that space of being open to learning that way because the way that I was connecting prior to 2022 was mixed in with a lot of codependency. And I thought because I was mentally aware of it that I should be in, in my embodied awareness about it. But this year taught me that no, you got to go through some classes to actually learn how to practice it. It's not enough to just read about it and know about it and talk about it. it. You have to actually practice it. And because a lot of us grew up in codependent households or narcissistic households, you have, you have to go through some challenges and some things to bring that and purge that out of you and to, to make the conscious choice to say, I know I've learned this type of behavior, but I'm conscious enough because of what I've gone through to make another choice, to not create more codependency or when codependency so shows up, I know how to set boundaries to 
those dynamics and those relationships. It's a, it's a, it's my pride and joy right now to be able to have this big of a heart and have this amount of love and compassion in myself. And I don't have to give it away just because it's there. No, you don't. And I love that you said that. Like it's maybe it's just for you right now and your music. And that's okay too. It's okay to just reserve that for you, you know? And um, I'm really curious and excited to see what you create from this space that you're in and what you continue to create from this space. I know that when I took a good solid two months off from the guy that I was, you know, I was mentioning, I mean, I felt, I felt so, it was that next level confidence that I couldn't tap into as long as I was in that dynamic with him, right? It was a next level confidence. It was a next level conviction for me about who I was. There was like a certainty about me that I like loved and I hadn't experienced that before. So I know that from that place, I can create so much when I don't have these energy leakages, you know, like, yeah. So just thank you for sharing your story here on the podcast, Tony. Is there anything left unsaid inside of you that you'd like to say out loud? You know, just, I guess, have fun, everybody. You know, have some fun. Um, Don't take life too seriously. You know, try to figure out how to enjoy this life a little bit more. And not enjoy it by just taking a vacation or going to the spa. But get curious on how you can enjoy the mundane. Yeah. Even if you don't know how, just being able to say, I am willing to be more curious and more embodied and having joy in doing the mundane, just being able to say that opens up opportunities and energetic portals for you to experience it. So have more fun in the day-to-day life and find joy and gratitude in the day-to-day life as much as you can. It's like finding the magic in the mundane, you know, like uh, I have a little coffee corner and a matcha corner. I was just so happy. I cre- I got like a new kettle and I'm like, it's those little things. It's like making your coffee, you know, or like having that be a ritual or like, make it, you know, just like, I love that you said that about the mundane because we wait for that big stuff, but it's like, no, it's in those moments with yourself, how you take a shower, how you take care of yourself, all those little things. So thank you for speaking to that, Tony. Um, where can people find you and connect with you? Yes, you can find me on my website, IamTonyJones.com. I have a like testimonial page. So mm-hmm. if you want to share, you can always comment on that page and just share how the music is impacting you. Um, I also have a membership group that my information is on my website too. It's called The Living Room, where we do self-talk together. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at IamTonyJones and on YouTube, my Tony Jones YouTube. Tony, it was uh, such a pleasure and an honor to talk to you today. Uh, I feel, you know, the reason why I like to have these conversations, because we, I think we all just want to know we're not alone. So I really appreciate you sharing so candidly and vulnerably. Um, thank an, you. You're welcome as an artist and as a human being. And thank you all for listening to another episode of the Say It Out Loud podcast. If you love today's episode, then say it out loud. Subscribe, leave a review, and come say hi over on Instagram at my name is Vasavi. Until next time, say it out loud.